0: Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, The Lord be with you. We continue our Sunday Lenten series, the parables of Lent today, <clears throat> both today with back-to-back short but meaningful stories that Jesus shares with us. But before I get in, <clears throat> excuse me, to our parables for today, um, I want to take this time and opportunity to thank you uh, for your prayers, your genuine care and concern for my physical health and well being. People have asked recently about where I'm at and my journey and what's happening, and although I'm I tend to keep that quiet. The past few months have been challenging. Um, I have this degenerating situation with a particular part of my spine that affects the nerves that run through the left side of my body and create uh, some significantly painful situations when standing or sitting for any length of time. I have tried the course of epidural and steroidal injections with, uh, over the last three months, three of them, with only marginal success. Next Friday, I'll be going into for a trial period with a spinal stimulus implant, which is supposed to make the brain say, uh, tell the brain that I'm not really in the pain I'm in. That's technology I cannot understand. Like much of what I preach about, I cannot understand. Surgery is likely going to be the final leg, no pun intended, on this present part of my life journey. But I want you to know how much I appreciate your concern. My wife and I love all of you, (laughs) and we love Mount Olive. We are so blessed to have been called to be here and to do his will and to share his word. I know in my own personal experiences, I've learned a lot in the last 17 years now of my public ministry at Mount Olive. One, it doesn't seem possible that it's been 17 years. In that time, I have found great joy and equally great challenge. I have found immense humility that I should have had long ago in my life. And also a loving pride which is acceptable before our Lord. I've learned, begrudgingly, what it means to let go and let God. It has not always been that way, so I am very thankful to the Holy Spirit for being so patient with me over the years and for showing me the way and for kicking me along the road so that I did not fall off the path that was... Pulled out for me. The Holy Spirit has a way of mingling precious life moments with biblical examples, doesn't he? Take the earthly elements in our gospel text for today. We see a parable wherein one man finds a buried treasure and another finds a pearl of great value. I can relate to that. I kept buried for a long time a treasure that over the last 20 years was only opened up in, over the last 20 years and uprooted in me and, so that I might put it to the use that God had intended for me. And his treasure is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his gospel. And that pearl of great value? <laughs> well, on earth, that's this woman right here. 50 years... <laughs> Maybe because my heart and mind and eyes are so open to this ongoing and active presence of this spirit in my life, I see this spirit mingling where others don't. (laughs) Maybe that's not true either. Maybe I can only imagine that I see it and it's actually just the great active brain that I have or used to have. It is odd, however, to this road weary sheepdog that this particular text presents itself on such a personally challenging week with the decision about surgery looming nearby. The Spirit reminds me, and I hope he reminds you yet again, of the nearness of our Lord. The real treasure in our lives, how near He is at all times, especially in times of fear and uncertainty, in times of pain, times of suffering, And in all manner of trial, which all of us go through every day of our lives. That said, the Lenten season we are listening to and examining in Jesus' parables are come to us in the light of his own passion. It's been interesting already with the text last week of the Pharisee and the tax collector to see how what we personally bring to each parable, in this case the suffering of Jesus last week, can impact the parable's meaning. As we saw last week, Jesus will, though not often, give us exactly what that parable meant. And boy, does that make it easier for us who lack understanding. Some other parables, though, are often very easy to interpret. Today's is not that difficult to interpret. Sometimes Jesus' parables are just like today, as easy as A is like B. Simple. Simple as he makes a comparison between a biblical truth and an everyday story or event. Many times, though, interpreting one of Jesus' parables can be challenging because the meaning is not all that clear. Some people may walk away after hearing or listening to a parable with different interpretations, various meanings, perhaps complementary but not exactly the same. That may be confusing. Let me give you an example. We read this parable that you just heard. He finds this buried treasure, then buys the whole field. Another merchant goes out and looking for for pearls, and he finds this one pearl, sells everything he has to buy that one pearl. Someone might say in response to today's parable, which is it, Pastor? (laughs) The treasure or the pearl? You can't be right on both. In all actuality, they may both be right if Jesus has given you and me, the hearers, the freedom to bring our own unique perspective to one of his important stories. We sometimes read the Bible that way. We bring what Luther called our tentatio, our personal experiences and trials, to a scripture text, don't we? When you read something, doesn't something personal in your life jump out at you from time to time? I just did it with my thoughts on my present life moment and today's parable at the start of this message. And God speaks to us in those trials. Pastors often hear that happening. Someone will thank them for a great sermon which they said, this or that, which the people were, person was convinced had Their heart and mind. You directed that at me, didn't you, pastor? I look out at you, but I don't direct anything right at you. Specifically, it's not personal, friends. It's God's word. The pastor thinks to himself, I didn't, I don't, did I say anything like that? I wasn't directing it at any particular person. But the person listening hears it that way because they bring a particular perspective to the preaching. Others, though, may not have heard this or that or felt the message was being directed at them at all. So I have found this collective thing that I say all the time and I never change. I'll let the Holy Spirit know you liked it. Thank you. And that's all I say. Because I can't tell you why it hit you the way it did. Only you know that. The parables of the hidden treasure and the priceless pearl are like that example. Both have the same storyline, something valuable is found and the finder sells everything that he or she has and goes out and buys that and owns that which has been found. Over the centuries, those listening to these parables have come away with two meanings. Both meanings are confirmed in other passages of scripture. Both meanings are as true as true can be. And if Jesus had any one of them, one truth in mind over the other, does he tell us? He leaves that for us to explore, to learn from, to inwardly digest. So it would be for us, I guess, as if two people, two separate people were looking at a series of paintings in a gallery that show Jesus and his passion. Consider this. You are one person and you know another person with you. You look in as Jesus in this painting is being arrested in Gethsemane. He's there, you see him being beaten, you see him being flogged, you both watch him being mocked and spat upon. Then you go to another painting where Jesus is crowned with thorns and wearing a scarlet robe on his shoulders. Both people look at that gallery as he's led to the cross and they know when he goes to that cross, he's gonna lay down his life for them. And yet when those same two people come to church next Sunday and they hear the story of the hidden treasure and the priceless pearl A man finds a treasure hidden in the field. He sells all he has to buy the field and own the treasure. A merchant in search of a fine pearl finds one and sells all he has to own that pearl. When they hear that, these two people, these onlookers, walk away with a different message in their heart. Why? Because they brought different needs to the paintings and to the parables. Just as I brought a uniquely personal need to the message of a treasure and a precious pearl this morning both people's messages are very rich and they're true in their own way alright let's add some background to these two people I said well I can just pick you and you let's add some background Let's say the first person has struggled for years with feelings of unworthiness and worthlessness. She remembers an adult as an adult telling her as a teenager that she would never amount to much. She would be worthless. Her job seems menial and inconsequential, and her boss's constant criticism doesn't help her either. She wonders if anyone really loves her anymore. Her husband and children seem to be too busy to even notice how she feels. She feels more like a maid than a wife and a mother. For this person, as she watches Jesus go painfully yet willingly to the cross, she hears this parable say to her She is the treasure, she is the priceless pearl. For her, Jesus sold everything. Jesus laid down his life for her. She is worth that much to Jesus. He loves her, this worthless, meaningful, inconsequential person whose boss hates her and whose children and father don't even know she exists. He loves her that much. The message of Jesus' parable addresses her self pity and her guilt. She finds herself immensely valuable, not only to Jesus, but also to her family and her colleagues at work. The other person looking at the paintings of Jesus' passion has taken a taunt, a totally different thing. The parables of the hidden treasure and the priceless pearl, for these parables, they just seal what he's already felt. But he couldn't finally, only now, freely express what that feeling was. Jesus Christ is the priceless treasure of this man's life. The man doesn't see himself as the treasure in this parable, but Jesus. Jesus' sacrificial love has made Jesus this man's most treasured possession, as he is mine. He looks into the paintings of Jesus' passion with his eyes in his heart and he realizes that Jesus did all of that suffering and more. Even death, because of his sins and mine. And the man is overcome and overwhelmed. Depends on your perspective, doesn't it? An old German hymn by Johann and Johann Kruger says it well. Jesus' priceless treasure, source of purest pleasure, truest friend to me. These parables at this present moment in my life remind me of my continual need to renew myself with the real treasure and not to ever bury it again. And to be thankful to my Lord for bringing a wonderful earthly pearl and my wife along for the mutual walk of faith. Ever mindful that the things of this world, any pearls of this world, are nothing to compare to the pearl of greatest value. The treasure, the real, true treasure. And the kingdom he promises for all who walk of faith leads to his gates. For you, today, one of those two meanings may be the one that meets your needs. I can't tell you what that is. Whether either meaning meets your needs or not, you can take great comfort in knowing this profound truth. You are worth everything to Jesus. And that being so, I would not be surprised to hear you say that Jesus is the biggest, greatest treasure, the finest pearl in your heart. Amen.